fumbling around. I'm talking about like a minute long credit thing like everybody else does, but it's just us fucking around being like, I don't know what we're doing. Push the button like the monkey said. I don't know. Fail, you know. And every intro starts with me laughing too. Good evening, everyone. I'm Sick, and this is Sore. I'm Cleo. And, and this, this is, is Emily. And you're listening, eventually, to episode 78 of Made a Fail. In which Cleo tries to make me laugh during the intro and succeeds admirably. Just roll with it. It's fine. All right. We're not professionals. Just roll with it. <laughs> I'm rolling now. I'm, I'm there, baby. I'm rolling. <laughs> so... Here we are. All right. An hour long sound check. <laughs> it pretty much was an hour long sound check. Plus my new my, my new equipment was was really um <clears throat> giving me some issues. So you had a computer catastrophe. I mean I to did. be fair, this yeah. is like out of the box new. I know, I yeah, I don't I don't know what's happened to any of my files on my old computer, so world be sad with me, or at least be panicked with me, because that's about where I am right now. Yeah. Uh, but, but, we have great things to talk about, because Cleo and I went to Dragon Con. Not only did we go, we roomied together, which is always exciting. Um, the last time before Dragon Con that we roomied together, was that when we watched Prometheus and ate the giant cookies? Was that the last time? I think it might have been. I think it was. It was. So, good things happen when we hang out together, we eat giant cookies and watch movies, and then we go to Dragon Con! So, um... I had fun. Did you have fun? Cleo, did you have fun? I, I did. I feel like I got home, like, two days ago. I, I know. I'm missing a week. Oh, me too. I, I'm I, missing a week. Yeah, I went into work, and I was like, wait, I'm in normal person world? Well, they call it the con funk when you're, like, sad. I'm not the con funk, like, the smelly kind. What is it? The con... You know, when you're sad because the con's over? Con yeah, funk is the I, smell. <laughs> it's not bad. Blues, maybe? Yeah, but there's another... I don't know. I, I know, but I can't think of I can't no, either. I, mean, I was perfectly happy. I haven't been depressed. I didn't come down with any kind of crud until Friday. Which I'm so happy about that you've avoided at least some of the con crud. I, I actually, despite having a new sleep schedule uh, for the last week, wherein I came home completely exhausted from work every day, fell asleep on the couch at like 8 o'clock at night and woke up at 4 a.m. going, what happens? Uh, <laughs> I'm finally, I, I reset my sleep cycle this weekend pretty much. But, uh, yeah, that first, that first week after Dragon Con, I get back and I'm just like, well, I'm at work doing my thing, and then I go home and I'm like, wait, this apartment doesn't have a bar and a party downstairs? I don't understand. <laughs> what do you mean there's no cocktail snacks? I know! And a 24-hour marketplace, and three, like, three restaurants in the building, and a 24-hour marketplace, and, like, you know, friends around every corner that you can just text and be like, which bar are you at now? <laughs> And you all show up dressed in different costumes. So, but uh, let's let's tell the people of the internets who hopefully enjoy listening to our craziness uh, some of our adventures. Do you want to start with some Hannibal? <laughs> I opened the show. Well, I, I, I introed the wonders of Dragon Con incoherently, so it's your turn now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went this year because I was going to be on a fan panel, and last year the whole thing was that basically we were the only game in town. We, uh, 
Wolven, who invited me to do this in the first place last year. Yay! He was having, <laughs> he was having an academic panel, and he and I did that. And, like, the day before that, he had gotten us onto a fan panel. And through Freddie, you know, at Saddle Crime on Twitter, who then went to Loretta Ramos, who is an angel on Earth, <laughs> uh, producer of the show Hannibal, got us some signed scripts. <laughs> And basically, we were the only game in town. We were the only kind of even semi-official representation of the show. It was us. That was it. This year, uh, Loretta still got us the scripts to give away. Well, Ben was in charge of those this year. And uh, I was still bringing giveaway stuff from Tattle Crime and from Aromaly. We were giving out eyeshadow. Woo! <laughs> and, uh, but... Scott Thompson and Aaron Abrams were actually doing through the weekend. They did one every day for like three days. They were on the Walk of Fame. You could get their autograph. You could get pictures with them. Uh, They, in in case you don't watch the show, this is Scott Thompson from uh, Kids in the Hall. Kind of a a comedy (laughs) legend in his own right. Wait, and and Aaron Abrams of, hey, nice shirt. (laughs) God bless that what you put up with this poor, poor guy, he was he tweeted or or something I think he tweeted that um he was on the Walk of Fame and he's like sitting here listening to all these people talk about how Scott Thompson changed their lives with like kids in the hall and everything. And then they look over at me and they're like, Hey, nice shirt He tweeted that some girl walked up to him and said, I have no idea who you are, but I can tell by your facial hair that you think I'm supposed to. I know that was very that was priceless. I would have probably I would have probably looked at her and been like, Well, you should feel bad for yourself in your life that you don't know who I am. Point being they are team sassy science on Hannibal. They work at the uh, BAU in the investigations and they get to poke through all the you know, the corpses and things and they're kind of comic relief and so we uh, we all very much wanted to hear from them. They tell great stories. Like they, they're kind of relief in person. They're I, I got to go to a couple of the panels too, and they're just hilarious. They're so they funny. They should just take it on the road. Really. Oh yeah, they should. They, if they came to my town, I'd, I'd go to their just their comedy show. Wouldn't even have to be Hannibal. I like Hannibal. I really do, but it wouldn't have to be Hannibal. <laughs> they self they self moderate really. Woolman moderated their second one. This was the infamous Stormtroopers panel. Well, but, that uh, I missed. I'm sad. Mostly you just kind of get some questions from the audience and you kind of give them a prompt and they'll just go and they'll just <laughs> break into some kind of improv thing. And like, and this isn't even counting the uh, Stormtrooper incident, which we now have video of. Someone did record it and post the video. Oh, uh, that makes me t- happy. We'll have links to it. And it's on my Tumblr and all kinds of things. But um uh, Basically, Scott was telling this story. If you've seen the post-mortem interview clip he did with Aaron and with Hetty Ann Park, who played Beverly. This was the episode after her character was killed off (laughs) that uh, they did an interview together. And so you can actually see him go through this story on that interview as well. He talks about how, you know, he had to learn his FBI shooting stance, you know, and it's this... He gives you this very flamboyant, stiff-armed Charlie's Angels, you know, kind of stance. And, you know, Christy Love, you know, freeze, sucker. And so he was telling us this story. And then, like, 20 minutes later, we hear this rattling. And, like, one by one in the audience, we all kind of look over, like, what? What is that? 
and over on the side of this ballroom in the Hyatt, there's just this line of like 20 stormtroopers just wandering down the side of our panel like they belong here or something. I mean, like, what the hell? And you'll see in the clip, Scott starts yelling, stormtroopers, stormtroopers, you know, like we're being invaded or whatever. So he draws his finger gun, you know, and tears off after them. Aaron's got, you know, his guns out of his backup. He kicks in a curtain, you know. Scott, like, literally chases them all the way out the door. Like, all the way out. He fully commits to this random comedy bit they just break into out of nowhere. So that was pretty amazing. I, yeah, I'm very sorry that I missed that because, it like, the entire 501st is, like, walking through and I would have loved to see Apparently. them try to take them on. <laughs> Well, I was happy. I did get to um, the panel where Aaron... Uh, <laughs> so, the, th- the last panel, the Sunday panel this was, um, I was in my... Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about cosplay, but I was in my Helena outfit from Orphan Black, which was my cosplay for Sunday. And uh, if you've watched the show, you know it's got, like, a big green coat with a fur-lined hood, like, at least the top part of its fur. And... Um, you know, it was a light coat, but I'm wearing, like, a coat and jeans and combat boots inside during Dragon Con, so I was thinking I was going to be a little warm. It was freezing in the panel room where they were doing the Sunday panel, and Aaron, they get up there, and Scott, I think he's wearing, like, a long sleeve shirt or a suit jacket. I think he had a suit, a suit jacket. Yeah, he yeah. had a suit jacket on, and Aaron's wearing a t-shirt. And I'm looking at him, and he's, he gets up there, and he's like, it's so cold. And I'm, I'm sitting there zipping my coat up and, and rolling the sleeves down and putting my hands in them because I'm so cold. And he's up there in a T-shirt. So I'm like, oh, my God, that poor guy. So he goes off stage about a third or so through the panel about halfway through when he can't stand anymore. And he's like, and, and Scott goes, like, he's going to go get a sweater vest. <laughs> and he comes back on, and he's found one of the black drapes that they use for, like, the pipe and drape on the backdrop of the stages. That, and, or it was maybe a tablecloth. I finally realized yeah. it might have been, and that's why it was... Wet. You know, maybe, or maybe it got wet and they took it down. I don't Whatever it was, it was, like, a black piece of the drapery or a tablecloth or something like that. And he's like, I'm so cold. And he puts it on, like, kind of like a, a huge, like, that one picture of, who was it who had that giant scarf? Like, Lenny Kravitz, that picture that went around the internet, yeah. where he's wearing a scarf that's the size of his entire body. He was <laughs> Yeah, so Aaron drapes this huge thing all over himself. He sits there for a minute, then he's like, he realizes it smells. Like, he's like, sniff, sniff, and he realizes it smells, and he's like, oh, man, and he takes it off, and it was, he goes, it's also wet, and he ended up with a wet spot, like, on his pants, really close to his crotch. And this being, you know, Scott and Aaron, instead of being like, oops, he gets up, and Scott's, like, taking a picture the yeah, wet he's like he's got his he, he's got his foot up in like conqueror pose basically so that Scott can get this picture of the wet spot this is the kind of panel that these guys were were uh were you know masterminding <laughs> they were so That's funny not how I thought you were gonna end that word <laughs> all the things that Scott talked about that was not what I thought was gonna connect well Scott is just Scott is Scott is full-time inappropriate which was hilarious he's just 
the hand gestures that he were doing he was doing during the panel See, were <laughs> we weren't even there for the panel where he started talking about always having fantasized about having sex with Jesus. Oh my god, no, but I was there for we the two there for that one. I was I was the crucifixion scene when the guy was trying to kill Hannibal and so you know Oh no. I was there for the two hot dogs part though, if you can there uh, for that. Yeah, l- listeners, you can view, you can uh, imagine what that what that gesture might have been like. <laughs> well, and and the and the most terrible. Well, so then there was the um, the bit where they decided to to speak as uh, as Will and Hannibal. And um, how did that? How did that? Come? Did someone just ask them to do their impressions? I think it was. You in know, the first I one? can't remember <laughs> why they thought to ask this in the first place, but apparently. And, and there is video of this actual exchange. Oh, I have, yeah, yeah, I have, I have video, but I just, it's been several days, and again, like you said, Dragon Con, just, I'm like, what time is it? I don't even know. So I forget if I have the beginning part, I, or if I just have the speaking. I, I don't remember, but they, they talk about how no one can do mass accent. No one can do it. His own brother can't do it. His Danish accent. The closest <laughs> Scott can approximate is a bad German accent, that by his own admission, got worse and worse and worse as the weekend went on. Aaron, however, it falls to him to do the Will Graham impression. <laughs> just so and he's, much fun. he's really good at it. Because what he just does oh is, you know, he shouts at it, okay, get, give me a line, give me a line. And so, of course, everyone goes, this is my design. So, you know, he leans in and we're all waiting for it. And all we get is, <sighs> and we get, like, this husky, like, the shaky, the shaky breath. It's so funny. Oh my god! No, I do have video of the the first time they attempted it, and the and the last time. So I will will link those because I I can't do it oh, justice man. at all. I won't try. But like, <laughs> and then Scott's bad German accent. He just kept for like the whole. He's like, it's what I've always wanted for you, Will. I can't. I can't even do his bad German accent. But it was terrible. It was like, so funny. Like purposely. What I've always wanted for us. Yes. Will. For both, both of, of us. us. That was the line he kept saying over and over, like just those random points. <laughs> well, so, and then and then there was the moment where they were um, they were signing. He was Scott was interpreting uh, what Aaron was saying, and he was signing, and he did probably the dirtiest gesture I've seen in a panel at Dragon Con. So there was that. <laughs> I don't have that on video, which makes me sad. But uh, all I know is that Aaron actually managed to embarrass Scott when they were doing the twin porno. Wait, what? You weren't there for this Nah, what, what, tell me. Uh, fortunately, they did not act this out, but they kept talking about how they should have a twin porno with Jimmy Price's character, with, you know, on, on the show. Oh, right, because he has a, right, of course, because he, he has a twin, right. Yeah, show, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I asked him about that once in a San Diego Comic-Con interview, and he was like, so oh, yeah, know. maybe he'll show up at some point, but he never did. When I watched the video that someone had, uh, I, you've, you actually hear him say, I have four brothers. You can tell he's he's kind of like, uh, no. <laughs> this is getting to me. I don't like it. But they were talking about a, a twin porno, and I think he, he said something like, I'm okay with twin porn. I've seen it. You know, we're all dying. <laughs> and so at one point, he started out saying it should be called Priceless. Oh. Here's Jimmy Price. Yeah. Someone in the audience yells out, the price is right. He says, oh, no, the price is wrong. <laughs> Price is wrong. So then Very wrong. near me yelled out, two for the price of one. <laughs> and that's what we ended up with. That's pretty brilliant, I have to say. But at some point, oh. like, Aaron actually made him uncomfortable. And, like, he 
practically stands up and it's just like, this is my achievement. I managed to do it. <laughs> of course, then, you know, Scott was talking about having sex with Jesus and Aaron, like, literally got up from the table and, like, walked away. Well, like, and he's talking about, strike, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, he's talking about all his inappropriate thoughts about Lawrence Fishburne and this is when there was the gesturing and it was hilarious and wrong. <laughs> Oh my god. So yeah, those panels, if you, uh, we have at least, there's at least one of them is on YouTube, right? And I have clips from the... In its entirety. Okay, and I have clips from the other ones. So so yeah, if people want to see those, they are around and you should watch them, because those dudes are hilarious. Um, And they were really nice, like we both got to talk to them. So you went went up to them on the Walk of Fame, tell, oh, tell about, yeah, tell tell what Aaron said (laughs) on Twitter. (laughs) I, I hate that I have a cold now because you won't get the full. You've heard me do it in person. Oh yeah. I'm not sure it'll have the same effect while I'm congested. So I'm I get anxious about uh, talking to people who live in my TV. I have never met very many celebrities at all. David Sedaris, at a, you know, at a reading he did. I think I bumped into literally bumped shoulders with George Stephanopoulos at a political speech he gave at my very small college. Like this is literally my entire life right here. (laughs) So, uh, I have to do this because I I don't really go in for like getting pictures signed or taken or I'm, I'm again too shy in this one area, but Freddie wanted me to get some signed pictures. I said, okay, you know, I've got little, little gift bags of the buttons and stickers I was giving away. You know, the, the embarrassingly sincere, thank you for existing and being so awesome, note card that you put in it. So I had that, and I had the press badge she made me, you know, title crime correspondent. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. That was really I get cool. such a huge kick out of those when she makes them for me each year. <laughs> so I've got that, and I'm like, okay, I've got icebreakers. All right. But I get on Twitter anyway, and I go, okay, she's talked me into going to see the guys. I don't know what to say. Is there anything you guys want me to say to them? And I tagged them both in the tweet because I thought, if they see this and they see what people tell me, it'll be kind of like a, they'll recognize me when I say it. I'm like, right. So I immediately get a tweet back from Aaron that says, ask Scott why Aaron is such a darling, darling boy. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you told me to. All right. All right. You signed up for this. Okay. So I spent about an hour in hell because uh, that floor of the Marriott. The Marriott, is, oh man, it's yeah, it's, it gets bad. It gets bad. It's there. hell in a sardine can. It is crowd management. Uh, a problem with that. Uh, it's very hot. You have security constantly, constantly yelling for people to keep moving, keep moving. It's just I wasn't lost. I mean, I'm told stories about getting lost in that hotel. I wasn't lost. I just. I was waiting for well, you to no, bring I the mean, art prints because I had forgotten them. Dude, oh wait, and can can we can we backtrack your story for two seconds because I would like to say that it was really funny to get what was the text you sent me? I was no, still I, in the I hotel room. I didn't have the prints, and all of a sudden I was like, "Fuck a fucking duck! Are you still in the fucking hotel room?" <laughs> and I, I, like I really like, thought. Get your ass I know. I, I I was way later than I expected to be that morning because of the well. Long story short, for everybody, I fell down at work. For about um, two months ago now, and I hurt myself really bad, so I was having the unprecedented luxury of a, of a massage in the hotel room, as recommended by my physical therapist, and oh my god, it was so painful, and it took so long, and I'm in the room, and I'm like, oh man, people are waiting for me, people are waiting for me, I told them I'd be down there at like, what was it, like one, and it was already 2.30 or something ridiculous, and... It was something. It was, it was, I was like two hours later than I thought I would be. And so I get this text and it's like, fuck a fucking duck. Are you still in the room? And I'm like, uh, 
<laughs> and I'm trying to, I'm trying to like finish getting ready. And I don't, I don't, I don't get angry like that at people. So I'm no, I mean, like, I, I was like, oh shit. Well, I, my first assumption was that you were stuck in the hell of the outside of Walk of Fame land, and you were just like, I can't deal with people anymore. And and it wasn't really necessarily to do with me particularly. But and then, so, but then you know. Like, 20 seconds later, I went, and I was waiting for you, for you to immediately reply so I could then say, good, because, and that didn't happen, and I went, oh, no. And I was like, no, 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 I forgot something. I'm hoping you're in the room. I'm not ready. And then I got to be the good guy and be like, yes, I'm still in the room, because that took so, so long, and I'm still, like, putting on my costume or whatever. Uh, I left the art prints uh, at the tuxedos. On Twitter, Lauren Skagg, she does this beautiful art. I still can't yeah. get her art from last year. It was amazing. Oh, too. she does really cool stuff. I like it. I wanted to give them some of the prints. We had plenty, and I thought, you know. And I had just forgotten to bring them with me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So, but I found them. Yay. You have to flee immediately because you're already running late for an interview. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> and then right, it didn't even happen. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's another so story. I walk in, and Scott's already talking to somebody. And Aaron isn't. And so I I walk up, and I, I just kind of theatrically look over to Scott, and I go, well, I can't ask him yet why you're such a darling, darling boy. And his <laughs> eyes got so big. Just so big, like, what? Like, did I forget something? Like, <laughs> like where is this going? And then, like, the penny dropped, and it was like, it's a thing I told her to say. Okay. But, like, it came out even sultrier than that, and I was, like, really flushed from being out in hell for, like, an hour, and so, like, I don't even know what he thought I was trying to do, but I was like, no, no, okay, got it, good, okay. Oh, man. Darling, darling boy, you know, I was like, no, no, okay. Well, but, I mean, it can can be, no, I mean, you know, I I just have no shame, I just walk the hell up to people, and I'm like, hey, I'm Emily, you know, I write for Comic Mix, what's up, you know, (laughs) I have no shame, but to be fair... I, it can be really kind of nerve-wracking to go up to somebody you've, as you said, you've only seen in your TV before, and you're like, hi, I really love your work, and try to balance that, like, I want to be here and telling you I'm a fan without being, like, a super creepy person, <laughs> which is sometimes difficult. I, I enjoy telling the, the story of um, how I met Riley Brown of the Cable and Deadpool and, and many other cool Marvel arts and other arts, art stuff. Um, in which I walked up to him after trying to find him at, like, four different tables at New York Comic Con back in, I think it was 2008, and, uh, I literally had an hour left before I had to go back to D.C. that night to, to organize my sister's baby shower the next morning. And I couldn't find him, and I couldn't find him, and he was like, you know, he, they'd moved him here, they'd moved him there, and finally I found Joe Kelly, the Deadpool writer, and he knew where he was, and he points me in the right direction, and I go up to Riley, and I've got bags in both hands, and I'm like, with all the gestures, Riley Brown, you are the hardest person in New York Comic Con to locate! He probably thought, I mean, he did think, I'm sure, that I was a complete lunatic. But the good news is, I was able to recover from it and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't actually mean to come off like an entirely insane person. And and now we're friends, so it's all good. (laughs) But... I can con, maybe if you're cosplaying, this is a different experience, but it it kind of broke me of any shred of vanity I have left. (laughs) Because you're... You're going to be hot and sweaty and red and red-faced and 
you're going to look horrible, and you just have to push through it. Oh, Lord, I mean, you're running all over the place. There's five hotels. You're going inside in the heat, or outside in the heat and back in again, and, like, all the temperature changes. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's got its thing, but, and someone um, wants to take a picture with you, or, you know. <laughs> and you're just, just like, you go. know what, sure, sure, take a picture. It's cool. Just, I, I, know, mean, I mean, just, like, friendly you know, hey, I'm, I'm here with so-and-so selfies. I mean, just Oh, yeah. No, 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 I know. Yeah, it's like, you're like, oh, I'm <laughs> yeah, on my way but... somewhere, or I'm hot, and you're just like, that's okay. But I, so I will say, yeah, I, I had the, um, the fun experience of walking the hell up to somebody and just being like, hi, because in the last panel, um, somebody asked the guys, uh, the Hannibal guys, um, if they had their own flower crowns, which is a fan thing in Hannibal where the fans wear flower crowns and it's become a thing at cons and stuff like that. I'd help you if you try to explain it. There's like 50 explanations and don't try the One Direction one on Aaron because his face will go into shock. I promised him. I promised him I would never speak of it. Did you? Well, I didn't. I didn't promise anything. No, no, no. No, no, no. I keep my promises. Well, it was quite an an amazing and impressive face of horror and shock that he he put on when, when he heard that possible explanation but um someone asked them if they had their own flower crowns and i think they said something to the effect of like at san diego or whenever someone had given them you know flower crowns and aaron's like but i wouldn't mind another one and so me being you know me this is me, me <laughs> well okay me being the person who you know asked terry pratchett if we did a Discworld convention, would you come to it? And he said yes, and so then I decided to organize a Discworld. I mean, I do stupid, impulsive things that are just like... I mean, we know this, right? I do big, impulsive things, a little... <laughs> so he was like, you know, I wouldn't mind. And uh, and so I thought to myself within the space of two seconds, which is how these things happen is I never think them through. I just do them. And so I thought... Well, I've worn this flower crown at, like, two Dragon Cons and possibly another, like, a San Diego Comic Con, and it's traveled with me pretty well, but I don't really need it anymore. I could always make another one. I'll just give Aaron my flower crown. So I did. <laughs> so, it's a really great picture for two of It is. It's a great... I mean, I, I like this crown. I made it twice, because the first time I made it, once I got all the flowers in, it was too small. And so I had to make it... I just... I remember it was, like, 4 a.m. the night before Dragon Con last year, and I'm making this crown. <laughs> Actual panel, and they're actually trying to figure out where the flower crowns come from. Oh yeah, and you're pointing at me like, oh hey, you have one. He sees this. Well, <laughs> he points down to me in the audience, and, and you know who made, who came up with the idea, and he's like, was it you? And I fucking freeze, and I'm like, <laughs> my intention, no, my what? intention. I was trying to gesture at you, being like, you could explain this way better than my convoluted secondhand explanation, and I didn't actually intend for them to see me. I was kind of like, you, you roommate, you know these things, and do the and thing, you know? yeah, <laughs> do the thing where you explain the fandom shit to me, and it, and it all makes sense. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. So yeah, so I, uh, I went up to him on the Walk of Fame, and um, I was basically like, you know, well, here you go, flower crown. <laughs> he said you want one, would you like my flower crown? And he was like, he was totally into it, he, he took it, and he tries it on, and he goes, oh my gosh, this one's comfortable and it fits, like he was, and I was like, oh, cool, and he's like, no, none of the other ones fit, so I was like, oh, mine wasn't the first one, and he, without missing a beat, he's like, oh, you're always the first one, (laughs) like, (laughs) he was a con professional already after, on his first Dragon Con, he was all like, oh yeah, no, no, you're totally the, the coolest, all right, but, um, but no, it was great, and then I was like, um, and I don't, 
I don't always do the pictures. It's not that I don't love pictures with people. It's just that, you know, if I did every picture I wanted, I'd come home in a, in a cardboard box because I'd have no money left for anything. And But I was like, you know what? I will do a picture of this because it was so fun. So, yeah, there is a picture of me and him, and he's wearing his flower crown. And I look like a Helena from Orphan Black whose hair has been out in the humidity all day. <laughs> Which is what I was. But, um... No, that was a fun time. They were they were very cool, and the panels were awesome. And I just I do think it was pretty funny with the with the crown. Well, and you know the last the last person who tried on that crown, except for me, was J. August Richards, um, because he's a big he's a fanable, and he saw the crown last year when I was wearing it on top of my Thing Two costume, and he's like, "What's with the flower crown?" And when I explained it to him, he's like, "Oh my god, can I try it on?" So there is actually also a picture out there of him wearing the crown with me dressed as Thing Two. So, this crown has been around the block, you know, kind of like Scott, apparently. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm terrible. I didn't mean it. Oh, come on. He would appreciate that joke, I feel. Oh, I'm going to shut up for a while now. So, anyway, the Hannibal fan panel. Why don't we talk about that a little bit? That we were not allowed to call the Hannibal Fanable Panable. What, what? Because the Panable is the specific official name for the San Diego Comic Con panel they do officially with... Brian and Martha and various actors, they're able to round up. And so uh, we just had to be the fan panel. And I think there was uh, some misunderstanding as to what was meant by fan panel. It wasn't like a panel about fandom. It was simply the panelists themselves are fans as opposed to celebrities or actors. Yeah. So it was me, for reasons, and three (laughs) or four other novelists... Other. She said, like, she's finished her book. Uh, professor, <laughs> Henry Hanks from CNN, Freddie calling it on Skype, uh, you know, running the fan site. Mm-hmm. And so we were mostly there to talk about it from the perspective, I think, of writers, really. But it was a, a fan panel in the sense that we weren't on the show or associated with it or uh, amateur, maybe, is a, a better word for it. But I, I don't remember a single thing we talked about. I mean, I, think and, I remember last year's panel better than I remember this one. It was it went by so quickly, but uh, I I think it went really well. But we were also running uh, the giveaway at the end, and Wolven got us through that really quickly too. We both these giveaways went really well. Yeah. But, well, and I mean, I last year I had a schedule conflict. Some I don't remember the 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 regular fan panel last year was during the day, right? So, okay, so I had, I think I had an interview, because I could not go, and I was real sad, because I wanted to go to your panel, because I was like, Cleo's first panel, woo! So, but I I couldn't go, so I went this year, baby's first panel, I know, I know, I wanted to say that, because you always say that kind of, (laughs) baby's first panel, so I couldn't go last year, but this year I went, and I, like, I don't remember specific stuff that was said, because everything, Dragon Con is such a blur, but I do remember it was really, it was good, excuse my hiccups, it was good. And it was well run, and the raffle was, you guys breezed through that without any major snags or anything. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. No. It's not not in the state of no, Georgia. No. Raffles are the, in Georgia. The giveaway of things was numbered really smooth. Giveaway. It was, yeah, it was a numbered giveaway. And so, I mean, everything went really smoothly, and I, I remember I was interested. I just cannot remember all the specifics, because my mind is, like, a blank when I try to, like... We probably talked a lot about the ending and what do you think season four would be like and how do you think they'd work Clarice in. That's true. Yeah, there was some talk about Clarice. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That was so... 
obvious points of entry to talk about as opposed to last year where, I mean, people came with very, they had questions they wanted to talk about. There is none of this, what was your favorite episode? <laughs> what do you want to be cooked into? There's, there's none of this. It's like, no, we want to talk about this right now. And last year was sort of the controversial storylines of like, but what about the, what they did with Alana and what about Margo and what about, you know, how they handled this. And so uh, this year was more, bear in mind this panel was six days after the entire show, the series ended. I know. Yeah. It was right at that point. Good, good timing. <laughs> so people were still very, very much in a place of like, what the hell was that? You know, what do we do now? Where do you think it's going to go from here? So that, I think, was very much uh, what the fan panel was about. And we had eight people, eight panelists yeah. to juggle. So I think we we did pretty well just to answer a few questions and not talk over each other, really. So um, I felt like it went, it went really, really well. Oh yeah, no, I, I thought it was great. And shout out to our friend Liz White. Um, I, we got to I, I got to hang out with her at the panel, and then we all got to go eat at the Metro Metro Cafe Diner, which you know, you kind of have to at some point listen to the bad karaoke and go eat the the, the diner food. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, unashamedly dancing and singing along to pop songs and whatever. But yeah, no, I mean we we both enjoyed the panel. I I, I, uh, I was glad I could make it this year. So. Um, let's, did you go to any other panels outside of the Hannibal stuff, or was that the main... Because, no. okay, <laughs> you were like, I handled my Hannibal shit, and then I was done. <laughs> Look, I had, okay, that first day was like, okay, go to the Sheraton to pick up the badge, because we'll talk about our travel Oh, problems. yes, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, the Sheraton, and then get over to all the other way, let's call it the campus, entire other side of the campus to get in line for Scott and Aaron. Okay, get out of that. Then I have the afternoon at the Weston to kill, because I'm sure it's hell not going anywhere else. <laughs> Running into my panel two minutes late last year. So I spent the afternoon at the Weston putting together grab bags and gift bags. And, you know, okay. I have my own panel. I've been there for, like, I don't know, nine hours, maybe? Oh, good lord. Ten hours at one <laughs> hotel? I don't, this is why I don't remember very much. I don't know. No, it just kind of goes by you. I was sitting there on Sunday trying to remember what I did on Friday. So, I mean, like, Dragon Con, it's just... But, oh my god, yeah, so we're, we're really good at this podcasting thing starting from the beginning. Let's backtrack for a minute and discuss how we got to Dragon Con. <laughs> I know, but let's let's talk about Dragon Con, the, uh, the awakening here, how we got to Dragon Con. <laughs> Oh my god! So I'm I'm uh you know I'm flying in uh from Reagan to Atlanta and I'm like I've done this before no big deal old hat whatever and I get into the airport and I go to the baggage claim and it looks like left behind it looks like nobody has come to claim their bags for the last three flights and I'm like uh, the rapture has come and there's nobody left to get their stuff and then you know eventually people trickle in and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and then it's to the point where there's like two sad bags on the thing. And mine's still not there. So I go and, you know, oh, do you guys know where my bag is? And whatever. Long story short, lots of time later, it turns out not only was my bag last seen in Reagan, but they have no record of it after curbside check-in. No record. Not like, oh, it's on a later flight. No record. So <laughs> I'm sitting there like, all my medical stuff for my eyes, all of my handmade costume items, including the, the flower crown. And all of my other cosplay stuff and all of my, like, regular clothes and, like, 
the one pair of capri jeans that I own. I mean, seriously, because I can never find good ones. And so I'm, I'm sitting there going, this is, this is really great. So I finally, I just go to the hotel without my luggage, and it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I, I met a really nice woman in line, Audrey uh, Kearns, who, Kearns, I think is how you pronounce her last name. And it turns out she um, was the one who was hosting the Five Truths and a Lie at Dragon Con. Audrey, right. Yeah, yeah. And she was super sweet. And I'm so glad I met her. And she was really nice to me in line going, oh, and like sympathizing with my crazy, like, oh my God, they've lost my bags. What the hell? So it, she helped me kind of keep my mind off it a little bit. And I, I hope to see her again. But, um... Long story short, my bags finally arrived at three o'clock in the morning. Thankfully, by yeah, by like ten o'clock at night, they knew where they were and they were on another flight coming in. But while all of this is going on, <laughs> Cleo. Oh, I was fine. I just spent six hours in Talladega National Country Forest. I was perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, except except I'm getting the texts. You know, have you have you like? Oh, you're. I love your mom. She's like, have you talked to Cleo or Lauren? You know. She's like, have you talked to her? Do you know where she is? And I'm like, I think she's still on the train, still. So I'm like juggling, where is my bag over here with where is Laura? Where is Cleo? Like, what's going on here? It's, it's oh a my four God. hour train ride for yeah. $40. I'm like, you can't beat that with a stick. Sure, okay. <laughs> I can't drive. It's a two and a half hour drive. So I'm like, four hours for $40. Sure. So I'm, I'm on this train and, uh, we hadn't passed Aniston after two hours. Now, Ugh. my stepfather used to work in Aniston. He, that's like a... He would go up there to visit co-workers for lunch yeah. when he moved down here. And like two hours into this train ride, and we're not past Aniston yet. And I'm going, so, are we going to make this up like really fast? Like what? Well, and I'm getting, and I'm getting, you know, update texts from you, like, where you are and everything, and I'm like, at this rate, you're going to get to the hotel before my luggage, and you're like, at this rate, you're going to be leaving Dragon Con by the time I get there. <laughs> yeah, I think I cursed in there a little bit as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm looking over the tweets I sent, because I collected all this in Storify, and it's like, we're supposed to arrive five minutes from now, we just crossed into Georgia. Like, it was just... Apparently there was a freight train in Ugh. front of us doing something for some reason, and we couldn't. Oh my god! Well, and 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 our friend, our friend Erica, friend and and we both roomed with her in the past, and she's awesome. And she had a, a delayed flight, so between the three of us, you were stuck on a train for two plus hours longer than you should have been. My luggage was twelve hours late. And Erica was stuck on a, a, I think, didn't they, like, she she was there for the flight, but she had to take a later flight, like, not her fault, but she had to, I think she had to take a later flight. So we all got there, and we're like, please, please let the way home be normal. And it was, I mean, it was, so that's good, but oh my god. So anyway, going back to the actual con, well, so I, I did go to another couple of panels, so I'll, I'll mention those um, really quickly here. Uh, I, everybody, everybody who knows anything about me knows that I love voice actors. I love voice actors. They're so cool. Like, they're just cool people. They're really nice. They're really talented. They're really fascinating to watch and listen to because they have, like, a million people living in their heads, okay? So, <laughs> it's true, they do. And so I've interviewed a bunch of them in the past, and I just, I love going to the panels, because the panels, it's like with Scott and Aaron, how they had three panels, and they were all about the same show, but every one of them was different. 
you could go to a million voice actor panels and get questions about like how to become a voice actor and all that. And every panel is still going to be different and it's still going to be funny. So I went to the voice acting with the pros that was on, oh, damned if I can remember what, I can't remember what day of the week anything is anymore, but it was um, Bill Farmer, who's goofy, I love Bill, and um, Rob Paulson, who is like every character in the world. I mean, Bill's obviously done other characters too, and he's on the 7D now. Um, and then Rob, who was Yakko and Pinky and Raphael, and now he's Donatello, and he's on, um, he's Carl Weezer on Jimmy Neutron, and he's like a million characters. I adore that man. And then there were a couple, or uh, three voice actors that I hadn't encountered previously at cons, so that was really cool because it's fun when you get to see uh, new people. So there was um, Carrie Means and William Sal- Saliers, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, and Sam Mar- Marin, I think. And so that panel was really fun, and there I and I met um, Bill Saliers afterwards, and he was super nice, and I met Carrie, and he was hilarious on the panel. Just everything out of that guy's mouth was hilarious. So, I mean, it was just, it was such a fun panel. And then um, the other voice acting thing that I got to go to was, okay, so Scott and Aaron were a ton of fun, slightly edged out by my absolute favorite thing of the weekend, which was Randy Rogel, who wrote a ton of the really amazing Animaniac songs, as well as lots of other stuff, and Rob Paulson, and they did a live music of Animaniacs, and it was so good! Oh my god, it was so good! Like, Erica went with me, and we were super excited, and we're like in the front row, and we're super excited, and they start the thing, and after the first song, I lean over to Erica, and I'm like, better than I expected. Which is saying something, because I was this is like my big thing that I was really, really excited about for the weekend. So it was awesome. I got every song on video, and I'm going to try... I've got one of them up on YouTube, and I'm going to try and get them all up on YouTube, because um, Rob gave permission to, to go ahead and do that. But, um, oh my god, it was amazing. And then I got to interview Randy Rogel, who is super nice and super talented and super awesome and just total kindred spirit. And so that will be going up, gosh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, it'll be up by the time you guys hear this. So, um, on Comic Mix, where I, where I do my weekly column. So that was super fun and, uh... I, unfortunately, you didn't get to go to those things, but I feel like you would have enjoyed them if you had. So were those on uh, Saturday? Well, the um the 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 sun the the music one was yeah the voice actor pro one was on Friday or Saturday, and then the um, Randy Rogel and Rob Paulson one was Sunday night before we all um before we had dinner because we had the right. late dinner that night. I know Friday I was basically the whole day booked up, quote-unquote. I think think by the time that Sunday night rolled around, you were like, I need to have some quiet time before dinner time or I'm going to die, so. (laughs) I I definitely had a few of those moments. I did. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, I mean, it was good times, but, you know, if you're not in the, if you're not up for whatever it is because you need some time, then it wouldn't, it'd be better for you to be somewhere you can enjoy yourself, you know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was, that was really fun. So those were the main panels I saw. Let's see. Do you want to talk about um, dinner? <laughs> dinner? <laughs> Wait, is it dinner with Hannibal? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, 
actually there was a a fanable fancy feast on Thursday. Yeah, that had been organized, and I couldn't go to that. I couldn't either. I, I put it on my babies, and then I couldn't for obvious reasons. <laughs> and I was stressing about my well, and part of the effect of the stressing about the luggage was that by the time that the fanable feast rolled around, I'd had like three, four glasses of wine at that point because I was like, all right, we're just gonna relax a little bit here until our luggage gets from hell to back to us, so, um... Yeah, you, you got through a good bit of Moscato by the time I got there, as I recall. It was tasty, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you got us a, a reservation at Nikolai's Roof. Yes, and, and I hadn't been before, so I was just as... It was new to me, too. My mom had been, though. My mom was like, no, you have to go. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd been to the bar. I Yeah, I'd been to the bar part, but I hadn't eaten dinner there before, so I, yeah, we got in there, and... <laughs> go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, just, she was she was going to kick my ass if I didn't go. I think she had had the red beet and beef borscht consomme, which is still on the menu. Oh, cool. This was like 20 years ago. Probably. Oh, wow. Must she, be a yeah. favorite dish of theirs or something. It must be like a signature kind mm-hmm. of dish. What? What did you get in the ravioli? Oh, God, it was, so it, it was ravioli with, um, I'm sure it had ricotta and other stuff inside, and then it had these little long, st- I totally thought of Hannibal, it had, like, little long stem mushrooms, <laughs> and blueberries, and, um, I think, did it also have walnuts, maybe? It was super good. It was, like, in a, almost like a glaze, and it was, like, a sweet-ish without being too sweet kind of thing. I, oh god, I don't even know how to pr- describe it. I tried to look it up on the menu again, but their menu on the on the website isn't the same as what we had in the restaurant. But it was so good and the little tiny mushrooms unfortunately made me think of Hannibal. <laughs> well, what caught my eye was that it had Iberian ham as a garnish. Oh yes, it did. That's true. And that plays a role in like two different episodes. Yeah, it was um, super fancy uh, ravioli there. It was so good. Yeah, uh, and the other thing that struck me was that uh, they actually talk about Hamon Iberico by name in episode 10, but they used it, Janice used it to fake uh, that guy's feathered arm that they served oh. in episode 3 this season. <laughs> and that's like $1,500 worth of ham. Oh my god! They turned it to an arm, so I was like... Hold up, what? I seriously, I, I really hope that um, they got to snack on that after the episode of Rats. <laughs> so I was like, wait, what? No, I may have to try this. And then I found that it was just a garnish. I was like, I have been running around all day. I'm going to need something with a little more protein than that. So yeah, I like, it was tasty, but it was definitely, like, a thin sliver on top of the rest of it, so. Uh, I think I had uh, a gin berry martini and a... Uh, <laughs> Raspberry Chambord, and uh, cranberry, and lime, I think. Didn't you have a glass of wine? I had, yeah, I had wine. Erica and I had wine, and Esther had wine, I think. Did Esther have wine? I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, like, this this restaurant seriously was very Hannibal-ish. Not in the sense of cannibalism, but in the sense of fancy. It was definitely a fancy meals combined of fancy ingredients with fancy names kind of place, but everything was so good. I had seared beef tenderloin in uh, a sherry reduction with pancetta, sweet corn, and something else. Dude, I I had dinner, and I'm, like, really hungry now because we're talking about this. (laughs) 
No, it was it was really good. Oh, I think I may have saved a picture of the menu somewhere. And oh, good because I I took a picture of my food. And Esther had the what was it the um the chicken that became a duck that was sort of like steak. She was going to have the uh, the poisson rouge and yes. which is a chicken, yeah. not a poisson. No, that's, that's fish. This was more of like a, a young pullet kind of chicken. And they came in and they said, you know, is it okay? The chef tonight wants to substitute duck breast. And we were like, oh, well, something richer, no big deal. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Esther was totally rolling with that. She was like, that sounds good. And then, and then the guy's like, so this particular either cut of or kind of duck, I can't remember what she said, but the, I think it was the kind of duck or whatever, it has a consistency more like steak. And so Esther, then she got a big kick out of it because she was ordering the chicken that turned into duck that was sort of like steak. <laughs> and I was like, that that sounds like the kind of food that Esther would, would go for because um, these things amuse her too. So, but yeah, I mean, she said it was amazing, and Erica said her, her, she had, Erica had the ravioli like I did, so she. Okay, I was wondering if that's Yeah, story. no, we both had the ravioli. Maybe she remembers all the details of what it was. I, I just remember it was I, super tasty. I have never had foie gras, and so I was tempted, because they had seared foie gras with carrot, caramel, brioche, and pickled strawberries. Oh, and I love brioche, oh my gosh. Yeah, so I was like, okay, this is the kind of place where if you're ever going to have it and you're ever going to like it anywhere, it's probably this place. But I also <laughs> sat there and I thought, do you really want to roll the dice on something that's expensive? And then be like, turns out I don't like foie gras at all. Right? Who sliver? Who knew? But so, on the other hand, there's always next year. Next year. There's always next year. There's always next year. Because there will be a next time. We will be going to that restaurant again. Um, oven roasted lamb chops with... <sighs> Black truffle demi-gloss. Oh, my I God. Mean, I know. It was so well. And then, and then we decided to get dessert, <laughs> which was so good. Oh, my God. Grand Marnier souffle with almond creme fraiche. Oh, it was so good. You and I got the same dessert. And then what did Esther got the, um, what was it, chocolate mousse, I think? Frozen, or the frozen... chocolate mousse with yeah. almond crisp and oh. mango mousse. Yes, that looked good. And then Erica got... Uh, Lemon meringue tart. Yeah, that's right. meringue and lavender and coconut ice cream. You seriously, do you have the menu, or are you just this good? <laughs> no, I'm reading the menu. It's okay, there you go. Now you, okay, so wait, now what was in my ravioli? <laughs> Your ravioli was... Read the whole thing. House-made ravioli with ricotta and sweet corn, Iberico ham, blueberries, almonds, and beach mushrooms. Okay, so yes, it was amazing, and the thing I was forgetting was the corn, which really made it, like, with the ricotta, it was super good with the ricotta, and then, like, the... the kind of glaze or sauce that was with it. Oh, it was so good. God, I want it now. Let's go back. Let's go to let's go to Nikolai's tonight. <laughs> Just hop on I, planes and go. I want to eat like that always. I, I, I know. I, was it you I turned to and I said, I understand Hannibal now. Like, I was just about to say to you, if you had to make a choice and you were like, so I can eat like this always, but only if Hannibal's cooking for me, what would you do? <laughs> You'd be like, you know what? Just foam it. <laughs> Jesus. And then he's still oh not over god. that two weeks later. I oh my god, that I don't even know if I can explain that one, but it was another bit of the was, Scott and Aaron panel. It was I the just... first. It was the first panel, and I don't know where Scott had eaten the night before, but he had had something that they had garnished with asparagus foam, and he just was not over it, and nor should he. Be. I would. I've never had asparagus foam. I don't even know what that would be like. I'm. I wouldn't be over it. <laughs> 
So, I mean, just the sheer pretentiousness of it. And this is a guy who worked on Hannibal, and it's too pretentious, okay? Like, let's think about that. You know, if they had stuck a bird claw in the middle of it, maybe. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Sorry. They could have sold it. They could have sold it. Right? Let's ask Janice what she would do with asparagus. Oh my gosh, yes. What would don't, you do with... Don't ask her. Or, or what else she would foam? What else she would foam? <laughs> well, because then, so what, what the foam it thing was, was that Scott that Scott and Aaron, but especially Scott, because it was his crazy meal, were joking about all the other things that could be foamed, and they were like, if Chilton came back again, what would he be? And it would. Be, they were like, maybe it would just be his ear, and then they'd foam it. <laughs> and I was like... It's ridiculous. It sounds so uh, dirty that it was like the one thing that originated from something innocent, which was just the terrible, pretentious asparagus phone. Oh, yeah. No, it totally well, Scott could make but anything like, sound. literally everything else. It wasn't intended to be dirty initially. Yeah. But no, Nikolai's was great. And then, and I actually, I got to, I went back later to the bar with a few friends and had a chocolate martini that was also quite excellent. And they had a guitar player and singer and she was good. And it was really... It was good, like, after it was so hilarious, because I was there in most of one of my costumes, and then I changed into normal clothes, and then my friend was like, we're at Nikolai's, do you want to come? And I was like, okay, I hope they're cool with the t-shirt, because, you know, I'd just been there, and it's it's fancier. And so then I went to the other side, like, literally, I don't know, less than, maybe an hour later, and so the same hostess kind of did a double take. She was like, okay, here you are back in a completely different outfit. Um, but yeah, no, it's a good, it's, it was a good place to hang out, too, and, like, Chill, get a martini. The martini was good. Um, but yeah, I, I liked that restaurant. And then we went to Trader Vic's the other night. I th- Their food is good too, but I love their cocktail list is my favorite thing about and the, and the decor, but the cocktail list is fun. What did you end up drinking? Uh, a caipirinha, which is a, uh, a Brazilian drink. It's kind of the Brazilian, I, I'm pretty sure that's where it's from. Kind of the way the, the mojito is from uh, Cuba. which I've actually had, this is like my one travel experience practically, so I I never let it go. I've actually been to Cuba. I've actually had, like, mojitos. Which is awesome. I've never been, so. That's like my one thing. So, you know, um, I'd always wanted to try uh, Caipirina. So, uh, and it's got, is it cachaça? That it's the uh, sugarcane liquor, I think. I... I don't, I would probably be, I'd have to see it written down and then I might be able to guess. I don't know. But, uh, no, I just, I wanted something relatively simple. I mean, does it, I don't know that Trader Vic's claims to have invented the Mai Tai. Maybe it's a particular Mai Tai recipe, but that's kind of their specialty. Like, maybe more so than the food itself, the drinks are. Yeah, I mean, I, like, the food was good. I, I always liked the food there, but I just enjoy the fact that they have, like, a four-plus-page drinks menu of all kinds of crazy, like, fruity, like, you oh, know, cocktails. And I, I had something that was called, I want to say it was, like, a Baia, B-A-H-I-A or B-A-H-L-I-A. There was something like that. And it was like pineapple, coconut milk, rum. It was so good. You tried it, right? Yeah. I did. Because yeah, we were so concerned good. about getting sick. Yeah, we were like we were like, oh, alcohol kills germs. Here you go, pass eater. No, that's what you said. I would not have said that. <laughs> I'm just so smooth. I'm like, here, try my drink and get all of us sick. So <laughs> Well, you know, what are you gonna do? Um, I mean, you know, it's gonna end up being con crud anyway at the end of the day. 
But, uh, no, but yeah, Trader Vic's was fun, too, and, um, and I like their ambiance. And then we saw, like, this guy dressed like a, I don't even know what it was, but it was like a, it was, it was like sort of a cross between Pirates of the Caribbean or Caribbean and, uh, Swamp Thing. I don't know, <laughs> it had lights and flowers and, and it was I quite... I remember that. Yeah, and it had, like, I think you had kind of a Day of the Dead type face going on, but the rest of it was, like, things hanging off, this big hat that lit up. It was crazy. I was very impressed with it. And all everybody at our table was like, what was that guy? <laughs> Nobody could figure it out. But, um, no, that was a lot of fun. Well, speaking of cosplay, so I did some cosplay. Shall I talk about cosplay a little bit? I couldn't be bothered to dress up as myself. <laughs> you wore you wore your crown. It was a good crown. It is a good crown. So, yeah. made it. it's my purple flower crown. I know it's the perfect color for you, and it fits so nice. And it's got ribbons in the back, which mine never did. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> it never occurred. I know my inferior. I did make it myself, but I never it never occurred to me to put streaming ribbons in the back. So Aaron's Aaron, well, you know what? Aaron shouldn't have ribbons because he's a boy. So I don't know. I'm making things up to make myself feel better. Um, but yeah, so I did some cosplay. Um, I've done, I've cosplayed for years now, even though at the time when I started, I would not have ever imagined saying the words I've cosplayed for years now, because I didn't really until I went to the Discworld cons and I started cosplaying, as they say in England, to show willing, because I was one of the organizers and, you know, I was like supposed to be promoting the con. So I got into it to promote the Discworld con. And then just from there, I just really started to love doing it. So this year, and Erica, our friend Erica, is uh, one of my partners in crime, particularly at DragonCon, because um, we've roomed together at many a Discworld convention and then, and then DragonCon. And so um, <laughs> this year, last year, she did Princess Bubblegum from Adventure Time, and at a different con, I did a cross between Deadpool and Jake from Adventure Time. And so I said to her this year... Um, I don't want to do Deadpool Jake again because that mask is impossible. I've done Deadpool once and I'm never, ever, ever doing a masked Deadpool again because I, I I would die. But um, I was like, why don't I cross Harley... Oh, and we've done Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Twice. Different ones. She did one year, she did Lego Poison Ivy, and I did Arkham City Harley Quinn. So, like, super serious Harley Quinn and super funny uh, uh, Poison Ivy from the, from the video games. So I was like, why don't you do your Poison Ivy, and I'll do my Harley Quinn, and then I'll do Jake, and you do Princess Bubblegum. So we did the weirdest mashup that's probably one of the weirdest ones in existence, possibly, where we were Adventure Time and um, and DC Comics villains at the same time. And But, you know, there were a few people out there who got it. People liked it. And, um, and the great thing was, when I was at the Hannibal panel, I also had my flower crown on before I gave it away, and so I was cosplaying three fandoms at once. I was very proud. That's never happened before. So that was fun, and the fun thing about that, the one thing that I love about um, cosplay is you can, if you do it long enough, you end up with pieces, and you can reuse them in weird ways, so half of that costume was my Arkham City costume that I had hand-sewed, part of it in other Dragon Con panels other years, that was the, the gloves are the ones I was sewing when... I was sitting with Laura in uh, the Jane Espenson panel, and Laura nudges me, and she's, I'm like, what? She goes, Jane Espenson is watching you sew <laughs> in the middle of the panel. Uh, because, you know, I was trying to get them done to wear them, which is always what happens with costumes. So that was cool, because you can reuse stuff, and so I was reusing my Harley Quinn stuff. 
And then um, Erica, she always ends up doing at least one, like, completely awesome, I would never think of anything like it, that's the best thing ever costume. Like, she did one year, she did a working portal shirt, so you could look through it, like, portals, and it had orange and blue, like, neon lights around it. I forget what it's called, like, the electricians, whatever. And another year, she did the ball pit from Dashcon, <laughs> which, if you know... <laughs> the best thing ever still if you know anything about dashcon and if you don't just google like comic makes dashcon and you'll see my write-up on it or anybody else who's written up on it stuff but um she did the ball pit from dashcon with a sign that said welcome to dashcon on the front or whatever or the back and the other part said extra hour in the ball pit <laughs> and it was so great so this year i said erica are you doing you know what, are you, what costumes are you doing she goes i think i might do chicken boo and Chicken Boo is a somewhat more obscure character from Animaniacs, and he's a giant chicken, and it, the, the, the scenes always start out, and he's, like, dressed as some kind of human thing, and he's, like, the best. So, like, he's the best ballet dancer in the, you know, the, the fanciest ballet, or he's, like, a, a, a star chef or a superhero. You know, whatever he is, he's, like, this great thing, and everyone's, all the people think he's the most amazing thing. And then, like one person figures out he's a giant chicken, and everyone likes, oh my god, a chicken! And, like, you know, they they all basically drum him out of town as soon as they figure out he's not a, a person. So she decided to do chicken boo, and I was like, that's the most amazing thing. I've never, ever seen anyone do... I mean, maybe somewhere someone has, but not in my experience. So, me being me, two weeks to go until the convention, possibly less, I'm like, oh my god, I want a costume with you, that's amazing, what can I be? And I decided to be Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, because Animaniacs, and I was like, it's mostly white, so, uh, long story short, so we ended up doing Pinky and Chicken Boo, which was totally awesome, uh, and she did two different Chicken Boo, she did Superhero and Steampunk, which was, both of them were very cool, and I've got pictures on my Instagram that we can link for those. Um, but we went to see Rob Paulson, and we're walking up to him, and he sees her, and he starts singing the theme song from Chicken Boo, because he sang it in the show. That he was, so I was just like, ah! <laughs> and I mean, I mean, he got a real kick out of Pinky, too, obviously, he voiced the character, but it was just so great, he just immediately went into the theme song for, for Chicken Boo. Um, and then, oh, and so my other costume, which I already mentioned, was Helena, and Helena's awesome because it's almost like normal clothes, but uh, you have to have the crazy, crazy blonde hair and the, the eye makeup and, like, the really pale face makeup. So I had done a test run on that before and at home, and it worked out pretty well. And I will say, at Dragon Con, it was really hard to fight the humidity. My hair kind of, by the end of the day, I had kind of lost it, and I was trying to, like, perk it up, and it was like, nope, we're done now. But, um... But I think the eye makeup and stuff, people were impressed, like, they thought it came out pretty well. And that was all, as you mentioned, Aromaly before, that was all Aromaly colors, except for one. Um, there was one, like, darker red that I got from somewhere else, but all the other ones, it was, like, it was all the Hannibal line. So it was, like, Survive and Folia and, um... Lure and Cygnus for the darker color on the on the eyelids, and then there was Ikebana, I think was another one that I used. I think that sounds right. Yeah, so at least at least those, and then I might be missing one other. Oh, Bellissima, I think I used a little bit of Bellissima as well. And then um, 
and then this one reddish color that I had from somewhere else. But yeah, that was, <laughs> I love the Aromaly cosmetics. I like the eyeshadows, the Hannibal line. I use them at like every con now that I have them. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was my costumes. I know that some people do and or don't care, but I have pictures if anyone wants to see. They were fun to put together. So that was, that's basically my costume rundown. If anyone is actually interested in talking costuming more with me at some point, I'm around on the Twitters and stuff if we, if we ever want to talk about stuff like that. Um, but, oh, and the only other cosplay thing, cosplay note I'll say is, um, while I was coming back from the Hilton Skybridge one day in the middle of the day, I saw the longest parade of Deadpools that I have ever encountered. I swear it was like 150 people. I don't even know. It was huge. And it started going. And when I realized what was going on, I got out my camera and I'd already missed like a third of them. And so then they keep going and I've got video of this that's on YouTube and it goes and it goes. And then some regular people come along in regular clothes and I'm like, oh, that's the end of the parade. No, there's more. So there's actually two videos because I was like, oh, wow, and started, you know, recording again um, until the very last person in line who was the Deadpool wrestler with the giant wrestling belt, which was hilarious. <laughs> but there were so many Deadpools in all the iterations of Deadpool. I saw everything from Deadpool Chef to Teddy Bear Deadpool. So if anyone else is a Deadpool fan, you can see that on YouTube on my... My channel is just Emily E-S-S-E. And I've got a ton of... Um, comic mix interviews and videos, and I've just got a bunch of convention videos and stuff like that, so if anybody's bored one day at lunch or something, check it out. So, I think, were we going to bounce back to, I, I talked about the Aromaly stuff some, but did you want to talk about some of the dealers stuff that you did? I went in on a strike mission to Black Phoenix Alchemy, and I really didn't go anywhere else. I went with, uh, and jumps from Live Journal, and she wanted to go to Sock Dreams, and I wanted to go to BPAL, and I wanted to get the hell out after that. Because while they had rearranged the layout in America Smart so that it was easier to get to the tables, but the tables themselves were still pretty crowded. Yeah, I mean, like, I heard it was better than last year. To be fair, I didn't even go because part of me wanted to go to BPAL and the other part of me said, you need to stop spending money. Oh, my God, just don't even go because you'll buy something and you don't need things. You have too many things. <laughs> so... I just wanted to go see Beth. I just wanted to go drop by. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I like. I think it was. I think it's great that you were you were able to get over there. I just every time I tried to, something else was going on. Because I remember we were supposed to do it at one point, and then just did not. I had something else I had to do, probably some interview or something like that. So I don't know. But um, anyway, so how was BPAL? Yeah. Well, we we went over there, and uh, I mean, I have the the page where she listed the exclusives for this year, but. For DragonCon the last few years, she brings uh, peach blends, and these are, I mean, you saw all the ones yeah, I Yeah, well, like, I have i have one from last year. They were really good. I, I got one of them. 11, each 12. Yeah. They're super and, good. And uh, she had some hair glosses and uh, atmosphere sprays that I didn't, I don't know where they were specifically, but I know she had some other products as well, and some dragon, you know, for DragonCon, and peach because it's Georgia. And I think her peach nose probably... One of my most favorite notes that they even have over the whole, you know, I'm, I'm losing my ability to word at this point. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I agree. We, we, we went, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you want the real inside scoop of how we, how we Dragon Con, we went back to the room and sat on the bed in our deadness state. And 
I unscrewed each perfume and then handed it over to her and screwed the cat. Back. Like we sampled all of them. We smelled all the perfumes and they were really good. <laughs> like all the peaches. Perfume and, and rubbed our feet. Uh, Pretty much, yeah. And sat around and we're like, oh my god, we can't Dragon Con anymore until we sit around and smell perfume. <laughs> we have lost our will to con. I didn't end up breaking into it this year, but I brought my bottle of lustration. That I think it's from the Panacea set, and mm-hmm. it's like a lemongrass, lemon, eucalyptus. It's very calming. When I had a panic attack in the Marriott one night, no. I started huffing that, and that <laughs> calmed me down a little bit. So I do bring her stuff with me, um, but this was just, you know, I just wanted their their peach blends this year. And yeah, she has some, some really things. great, I still, I like, way back um, the first time we did a staycation, I think it was, so that was like, was that like four years ago or something? Five? Yeah. I, something like that. And uh, and you gave me a couple of the little samplers, and I think it was, what was it, like, um, O or something like that? That I really, oh. yeah, and I really loved, and it's not available anymore, and I'm all out of it, and so like, what? yeah. Impossible. Now I know Tintagel is not. Oh, Tintagel! That's the one I was thinking of. I liked both of them, but Tintagel is the one that's not available anymore. And I loved that one. Oh my god, so much! I want it. Arthurian. I knew you would. I love the smell, and of course, yeah, I'm a huge King Arthur fan and Arthurian legend fan. So of course, you were like, you should try this one. I was surprised that that discontinued. I mean, I'm sure it was a component issue, but that, that did surprise me. That, yeah. that had been on their wanderlust list for a long time. And I, I like, like that. I went, I went last year when I went to the BPAL, I did go to the dealer's room last year and I went through a bunch of their stuff and I was trying the ones that were supposed to be similar in certain ingredients, but I could not find another one that was just exactly right. I mean, they were really good, but they wasn't, it wasn't like. I was trying to find that one again, but with a different name. I was like, is there something that's close enough? And I couldn't find it, and I was just so sad. Um, So yeah, I didn't get to the dealer's room, but I got to the comics room, and I was, to be, I was a little bit like, I was between you and how I sometimes am, because I kind of did a quick walk around without, I didn't really have a huge amount of time, so I kind of did a quick walk around and just hit a couple of my favorite places and one of those, well, people, places, whatever, so George's Janty was there, and he had some new Firefly and Serenity stuff, so I got the trade, the hardcover trade of um, Serenity Leaves on the Wind, which is super cool, that's the newest, or new, I think, I think it's the most current, uh, latest release in the, in the comics of Firefly and Serenity, and George's did the art, and if I'm remembering correctly, Zach Whedon um, wrote the stories. I should really have looked this up, because I'm, you know, so smooth. But um, but I had tried to get it in the store, and being so smooth, I had, like, two of them, like, the second one and the fourth one or something like that, because I had not consistently gone back to get them in the in the stores. So I got the hardcover, so I was pretty happy about that. And then he had the cutest shirts. He had little damn heroes, like for, you know, the big damn heroes from Firefly. But he had little damn heroes, and they were like kind of little mini versions of themselves on a really cute... I like the color, too. It's like a... Uh, I never had to know how to describe that green, but it's like a medium, not lime, because it's not bright enough, but kind of lime, but duller green. Um, and I'm well pleased with it. And I was like, hey, sign the shirt. And he's like... You want me to sign it? I already signed the image. And I'm like, no, 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 but sign the shirt. So he signed it again. <laughs> George is looking at me like, what do you want me to do with this? So I have it signed, you know. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. And then there was some other really cool stuff in the comics room. But I think at that point, 
It's kind of like you with the dealer's room. I kind of did, like, I did walk around, but I was like, I cannot look at things in too much detail or I'm going to buy and buy and buy, and I couldn't do that. that. really wasn't even the problem. It was just that it was it was so crowded. Yeah, like, well, the dealer's room is overwhelming. Crowded. Yeah, it's, oh, it's so crowded. Last but. year when we went on Monday and just browsed, that was actually fairly doable, but this year we decided not to do that. <laughs> this year was the most kill Monday, except... <laughs> So, well, the first, first of all, I, Monday, it was good because, I mean, we were so just, you know, like, okay, we've done our con, we've, you know, you've seen Hannibal, I've seen Hannibal, but you, you know, it was really important, you see Hannibal, and I saw the, you know, Music Fan Maniacs, and I got my interviews done, and my costumes done, and you met some people, and gave away some prizes, and like, we were like, alright, and went to the dealer's room, we're like, we're, we're good, we're good, we've done our things, we've gone around the Walk of Fame, we've seen all the people, you know, oh, speaking of Walk of Fame, before we go on, um, I was very pleased to see some of my other buddies, um, and, and new people, so it was also nice, I'll give, I'll give the shout-outs of awesomeness to, um, Bill Corbett, uh, and Clay Croker, and, um, who else did I see that I'm, my brain is so dead right now, but I met Aaron Douglas, who, um, I absolutely loved on Battlestar, and he, He's always at DragonCon, but I've never actually gotten to find him on the Walk of Fame before. So I was very happy to go up to him and be able to go up to him and just be like, you were really great, I loved your character, oh my god, but slightly less creepy and weird. Um, (laughs) And he was super sweet and was like, thank you so much. And I told him, I was like, and I loved when you hosted the costume contest like four years ago. And he's like, people still tell me about how much they love that. Because he was so funny. So, yeah, so I was very happy to meet um, Aaron Douglas, and, um, oh, I'm sure there are more people, and I already mentioned Bill Farmer, who's amazing, um, so it was great to talk with him again, but anyway, so, so, yeah, we had done the Walk of Fame, and we had done all the things, and so we decided to have a chill Monday, and we were, we were chilling, we slept in a little bit, we hung out a little bit, and then... We were trying to just go... Downstairs, we ended up in a freight elevator because somebody had been waiting on the regular elevators for 40 minutes. For 40 minutes. Yeah. Well, as Erica pointed out, Monday is not a chill day if you're trying to leave. No, and that's why I never leave on Monday. That's the thing. Like, I leave on Tuesday mornings because I cannot deal with Mondays if I'm leaving. I'm like, nope, nope, that's it. And there's really, for me, like... I get home sometime sometime on Tuesday midday, and I just I go I start teleworking. So I'm just like I'm just working working for half a day anyway. So it's not that big a difference in my work schedule. And so I just am like I cannot handle Mondays with everybody trying to leave with those elevators. The elevators are already disaster. On like Saturdays are terrible too. So it's like so yeah. So we we were trying to just go down, and they were like, oh my god, it's forty minutes. So I was like, all right, I don't usually. Oh, is I start getting messages from people saying that I'm pocket tweeting <laughs> what what's going on and I'm like oh my I may have either invented some usernames or texted some strangers I don't know and I was just like oh my god you guys I am so sorry about the pocket tweeting a fist fight just broke out in our elevator uh, oh my god it, I mean it wasn't an actual fist fight but there was like so there's you know there was a group of people and they were like oh when we hit floor eight or whatever we're gonna our bellhop is waiting so we're trying to make sure we save some space so there was there was space we were in there some other folks was in were in there in this group and I didn't even realize they were all part of one group until until we got to the ninth floor right before their floor and 
there's this one guy with not actually a ton of bags, but he tries to get on. And the guy in the corner, who's over six feet tall and an older man, probably in his 50s or 60s, he's like, no, there's no room. And the other person is like, no, there's no room. We need, we need to fit our bellhop cart. The guy in the hallway is not having this because he's like, I've been waiting for an hour for an elevator. I'm going to get in. So the guy in the corner of the elevator says something to the effect of, I will punch you in the face if you try to get on this elevator. And I mean louder than I'm doing it now. <laughs> and then the other guy. Do you want to be the other guy, Cleo? <laughs> well, I was just like, I will punch you in the face, jackass. Come out here and play yeah, it. He's yeah. like, like, you know, that. But the guy scary. outside is like, all right, come on, let's do this thing. And the other guy's like, I'm going to step out. And meanwhile, whoever's on the other side is jabbing the door closed because she's like, oh, my God, what's about to happen here? And I charged on he was going to be coming at me yeah he was he was coming towards us in the middle and i'm i'm saying they're going hey 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 elevators are for everybody and nobody's paying attention to me She's and i'm just her like, hand out between the two of them like emily is like reaching over me to like hold her hand out between them i'm sitting here going if this guy gets on the elevator i think he had at least two or three bags they might not have been big but he oh had my god bags. no he did have bags yeah but if he had not on and i'm crammed next to the other belligerent guy yeah going, yeah what kind of ride is this going to be down from the Well, and I'm like, I mean, like, I don't know if it was smart or not, but I'm like, maybe if I just at least interject, they'll be like, okay, there's, it's not just me and this other guy seeing run at each other. There are other people involved here. But yeah, I'm like waving my hand in their faces. Like, okay, now, calm down. And nobody's, oh my God. So the, fortunately, the elevator door closed and people alerted Cleo to the random tweets that she was sending from her pocket. And I saw them. They were weird. <laughs> It's like, ooh, it's like, apostrophes. Yeah, like, like, just random letters and shit. So, so, yeah, that was our mellow Monday, quote-unquote. It was like, are you calling for help? And I'm like, you know, it's funny you should mention that. (laughs) But, but then we went and sat up in the loft and watched everyone drifting by, and some guy was, had a bubble machine, and it was very peaceful. I was just blowing bubbles, just randomly blowing bubbles. It was very, it was appropriate to a, to a calm, a calm Monday. I, I, I liked the mellow bubbles. I was approving of those, even though the hotel probably would not, because there's bubble soap on their carpets now. I kind of was too, but I was like, I'm not going to protest. But you know, I mean, like, so there were fist fight things going on, but we had some fun. We yeah, <laughs> there were fist fight things going on, she says. <laughs> well, we did have a really fun game of the most inappropriate card game you can play. We played some Cards Against Humanity. We had a nice bottle of wine out in the lounge and played some Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, that was a good time. Join yeah, he was unfortunate. I don't know if he was drunk or awkward or both, but it's, like, if it's clearly a private group, don't come and just stand behind people in the group and stare. <laughs> just don't. I mean, and then and then when people look at you, interject with something that you should only feel comfortable saying to people if you've known them for a while. And then when, because I, I mean, at that point, so yeah, he said something about like one of the sexual cards with Cards Against Humanity, which is like ninety percent of them, you know. But um, <laughs> you know, something that was, if it was in your in group, you might be like, oh, haha, that was a funny joke. But if it was someone you never met, it just came off as really kind of creepy. And and then I like I finally because he was looming over you and like one of our other friends, and I could see both of you kind of glancing over like what is going on because he was behind you almost. I mean, I finally, after letting him, 
work uncomfortably for several beats. I was like, do you need something? And he was like, no, I'm just watching. And then, like, I just... I wasn't going to have him, like, you know, making everyone else uncomfortable forever, so I stared at him. I just stared at him, and eventually he, Yeah, I stared at him, and it was like, beat, 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 and then he walked away, so... But yeah, that was... <laughs> and I felt bad when I was relaying this story the next day to people, because it's not even like I'm saying you can't go up to strangers at conventions. Yeah, like, no, no, it's a pick-your moment. I talked to plenty of random people, male and female, and it it's just... It is seriously about the approach you take, which is don't go up and lurk at people when they're doing something else, with, you know, and they're And all- lurk behind people, because he was, like, between the two of you over your shoulders. I could see him fully, but if he had been standing behind me, I would have been all kinds of uncomfortable, no matter who he was, until I knew who he was, because that's just, you know, it just I, makes you weirded out. <laughs> I, I listed some ideas, but it was just basically like, Elevators are a good place to make conversation because it's almost more awkward not to. That way, yeah, leaves. There's a, a finite in the conversation. Hi. Oh wow, it's so crowded this year. Oh, I know. You know, and just oh, that's a great costume. Make eye contact while you're saying it. Yeah. Be looking at weird places. You know, <laughs> weird ways. places. I made all kinds of conversation with all kinds of random people of all kinds of genders, and like that isn't a problem. Yeah, I mean, I have been to, I don't even know how many conventions at this point. I mean, I've run conventions, I've helped with conventions, I've attended, I've reported on, you know, etc. I have had multiple, multiple conversations, you know, hundreds of conversations with people in lines and stuff like that. And with guys, with gals, with people who might be either, whatever it might be, you know, who are costumed as things I've never even seen as costumed as things that are my favorite things, like... Anybody and everybody I've talked to at conventions, and most of the conversations are totally cool. You know, there's no reason you can't have a nice conversation with just about anybody at a con if they're not, if you're not awkward about it in certain ways that are creepy, like you said, not staring at, you know, staring at inappropriate places or like kind of lurking or interrupt. One of the big ones is if you see that people are doing something private. Especially, and this applies a lot to guests, and I feel like a lot of people are cognizant of this, but some people aren't. If you're in a place where one of the guests, let's say a Walk of Fame guest or whatever is, and they're clearly off the clock, so to speak, so they're hanging out with some friends, they're texting on their phone waiting for someone to meet them, whatever it is, either you don't talk to them or if they're by themselves, like, and, like, you have a second, and you're like, oh, it was great to see you on a panel today. Like, you can do that if you feel the moment is okay. But I, I just, I mean, getting getting in someone's space when they're doing their private thing is, is generally not the best idea. Kind of that, that off-the-clock moment. Well, I mean, I saw Amber Benson in the lounge at one point, and it's kind of like, that would not have been the time to go up to her. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I did, in fact, end up talking to her briefly, but it was because um, our other friend introduced us, and I, I told her death fortune. Um, <laughs> I forget. Yeah. Helena fortune teller. Right? I, was, I was, yeah, when I was doing my Helena costume for Orphan Black, uh, you can't bring some of her props, like a motorcycle or a knife with a fish on the handle, to Dragon Con, because it's just not appropriate. So I made uh, a copy of the Bloody Fortune Teller from the intro, ep- the episode where they introduce Helena, and it's like, 
the outside are colors, the middle ones are ways you can die, and then the inside ones are numbers. So in the show, the numbers are, well, I don't want to spoil it if anyone hasn't seen it, but the numbers mean one thing. But there was no way to actually tell a fortune with it, which I realized when I started playing with it with other people. I was like, okay, let me do something with this. And I was like, what do you do? So I figured out what I could do is I could tell people when when and how they were going to die. <laughs> like, they basically picked their death, and it said how many days and hours until they were going to die. <laughs> and so I did, I actually did uh, tell Amber Benson's death fortune, and she and Rob Paulson and Bill Farmer are all going to die a lot later than the rest of us. They, they get to live long and prosper, whereas everyone else whose fortune I told dies within, like, a month. So... <laughs> So there I'm it is. To find out. I didn't want to know, really. <laughs> well, I never told my own, so who knows? I'll have to check that out one of these days. But um, but I, I did I did that too. I would say about 10, 10 to fifteen people, and yeah, they got a kick out of it. I got a kick out of it because it made me. I was having fun playing with the fortune teller. <laughs> so, but yeah, no. If you if you don't if you're not introduced into the conversation by somebody or they're clearly having their downtime or something like that, then you don't walk up to them. And I know I, I'm, I'm sure people who have difficulties with this kind of thing would say, well, how do you know? I mean, practice, lots of practice and trying to observe. I mean, I, I get it because sometimes it can be hard to read other people. So, but yeah, practice and observe, I guess. I would just say really just when in doubt, if, if people are not responding, it's, Mm -hmm. it's time to pack up and try somewhere else. I mean, we all, I struggle with that sometimes. So it's not like something that some of us just know it's, it's a, it's a hard skill, you know? Well, and that's also, I mean, in terms of taking your own advice, when I'm kind of stuck in a line with a bunch of people, you, kind of end up having these line parties on the floor. Yeah. If, if the conversation kind of naturally seems to come to a close and there's kind of a moment of, like, nobody really saying anything, I either turn back to something I'm doing or turn to the other person. And, like, even if you're having a good time with that person, you kind of give them a chance to stop talking to you if they would like to. Yeah, like, a take a breath. Kind of, you know, you don't just cling to them the whole time. So, I mean, even I have to kind of look for breaks to be like, I have probably talked to this person enough. I will let them go now. Oh, yeah. We are still sitting here. It's just something you kind of have to work on, I guess. We've been talking for over an hour and a half on this podcast, so we really have no leg to stand on, so. I was about to say, you know, now that you mentioned it, we, we really are not the people to talk, I don't think. We just like to hear ourselves talk. No, but, you know. I mean, no lies detected. Yeah, well, so so to, to round off, I think the, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I... I mean, there's so much to Dragon Con that I absolutely love and so much that gets ridiculous, like fistfight, almost fistfights in elevators and whatever. I think the the only other thing that I didn't touch on yet is that, first of all, it was really great to meet up with some folks that, like, we only knew from the Twitters or something. So, off the top of my head, mitigated text, woo, shout out, we, we finally met, and she's awesome. So, and Ann Jumps, we finally met, and she's awesome, so that was cool. And then the only other thing, I was at, I was up on in a room party, and I saw the new BB-8 droid toy in action, I can't even call it a toy, it's like a robot, it's an actual robot, and I saw one of the guys who works with Peter Mayhew was demonstrating it, like, just, I walk by, and it's, like, going around on the floor, 
And guys, it's so cool. I didn't really understand what it did until I saw it in person, but like you can control it with your smartphone and it will adapt to your personality, supposedly. And it rolls around like the cutest thing ever on the floor. And so I just wanted to say that DragonCon gave me the opportunity to drop way more money than I probably should on something like that because I'll probably end up getting one. So yeah, that's, I think that's the only other thing. It was super cool. I, I, I advocate everyone going and watching a video of this little robot in action because it looks so, so cool. Um, what about you? Anything else? I, uh, it's kind of my convention just because it's so close to me. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> because I'm, it's in Atlanta and I'm in Birmingham. It, I don't think people would have expected me to like this kind of convention because it is so big. <laughs> you know, nerdy bra and, and whatever they call it. But for some reason, it, it suits me in a lot of ways. Like, it's... I, I don't know that I would enjoy a convention as much if it were just at a convention center. This way, it's like, well, there's a whole... You know, there's five hotels, and you just figure out which one you're kind of camped out in for the day. Mm-hmm. And you get to meet all kinds of people, and it's, it's fairly casual. It's not promotion-oriented. It's not... Let's announce the cast of the next Marvel movie, and everybody gets stabbed in the eye with a pen. Seems to see this. <laughs> yeah, that, did, that happened. Today. I know. I know it did. It's not that kind of you know promotion, cutthroat promotion where everybody wants to be there. It's a there's a lot of like ambient camaraderie. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I was I'm not surprised that it's your con in that sense because it's a hotel con. Like you said, you can like go take a break in your room. You can go hang out in a lounge. You can sit down on one of the many chairs and just chill for a minute and, you know, like put together gift bags or whatever. And then, you know, like you can meet up with people in five different hotels. One of your friends is going to be somewhere if you want to meet up. So, like I like I know it sounds silly that all I did was Hannibal stuff, but given the number of things there were to do, I felt like my schedule was exactly as full as it needed to be because I had my panel, I had their three panels, we had two dinner reservations. Yeah, and we and we did dinner every, like, we did lunch or dinner. Well, I remember back when I first was talking about the possibility of you going to a con, I was like, come to Dragon Con because I can be there and we can be there together and we can hang out and... You can do your own thing, but we can also do stuff. I Like, I thought you would like it. And then when you decided to go, I had this terrible fear that maybe you would hate it. And I was like, oh my god, what if she gets here? And she's like, the crowds, the crowds! <laughs> but then you, like, totally dove right into it. And I was like, all right. And then I didn't even see you for, like, a third of the con, you know? Well, I mean, this year we spent more time because we were rooming together. But, like, last year... I saw you for a fair amount. We hung out, but you know, you did a bunch of your own things and you were totally content, like doing your own thing. And I was like, awesome. You know, you're having all the fun. Last year, because I had various things I was doing, I had, you know, I think two, two different signings over at the art show. And I had uh, an academic panel and a fan panel. And I forget Yeah, you had those signings, too. I forgot. Yeah, you had a bunch of stuff going on. So my schedule was kind of not of my own choosing a lot of that time. Mm -hmm. Whereas this was, I had literally one thing, the fan panel. I had to personally be (laughs) You you had one job. (laughs) Like, if I had hit by a car, everybody else was going to move on with life just fine. Like, you know, to to cover it for Tattle Crime, I wanted to be at all of their Q&A panels. But 
they didn't need me to do it. So yeah. I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing each day. What am I near today? <laughs> oh, I'm near this side. Let's go to the vendors today. And so I knew I wanted to go see Beth. I knew I wanted to meet up with mitigated text and with any yeah. jumps. And so. Well, and there's a lot to, to just wander around and do. So, like, I mean, if you think about it, my schedule was some of the Hannibal. I mean, m- most of similar. I didn't go to one of the panels, but my schedule was Hannibal voice acting stuff, and then just wandering around like you and seeing, like, you know, Walk of Fame, Comics Room, Dealer's Room for you. Like, it, I mean, a lot of it was just hanging out, walking around, grabbing a drink, having some food. That's one of the reasons I like Dragon Con. You can literally go anywhere and amuse yourself with awesome con stuff that's going on. So I, I liked that kind of pace where it was like, pick a thing to do in the morning and also maybe in the afternoon and fill in the time around that. Yeah. I, I liked that a lot. And there are dozens of, of fan tracks. Like, oh yeah, horror track was just like there's like specific a specific Buffy track I think. There's yeah, like there's a there's Star a Whedon track, track Whedon verse track. Yeah, I mean there's like dozens of different panels going on at any given time. Yeah, well, and my very first Dragon Con, I learned the. Um, you know, what is it, the fear of missing out FOMO or whatever? I, I learned long ago with convention going that I just, I abandoned that long ago. So one of my favorite games with Dragon Con is to go look at the schedule, put every panel I could possibly want to go to on there, and then laugh about how I'm only going to see two of them. I actually, I still do this every year. I go through, I add every panel I want to see, and I end up seeing like three, five, maybe, total. Maybe. Like, one year I think I went to, like, two panels because I was doing a lot of interviews. (laughs) So it's like, that's okay, though. This year and last year, they had, you know, Sleepy Hollow, Twin Peaks, Penny Dreadful, Mm -hmm. Twilight Zone, Creepypasta. I mean, this was all just on the horror track. This is stuff I would have liked to have gone to. And just because all of the distances I had to keep running back and forth the first year. And then, you know, when you get to a panel like, you know, Scott and Aaron's, you're sitting in line for an hour. Now, it's not yeah. like Comic-Con where it will, it will eat your entire day. They oh, don't allow God. lines to start until an hour before. I uh, Yeah, and I'm so, by the way, just a shout-out to DragonCon for a couple of things they do really well. Um, one is not letting the panels, like, line up for ages and ages ahead of time and clearing out the rooms between panels. God bless them for doing that because I cannot stand cons that just, in the for the big, big stuff that just let people camp. I cannot stand that. It, it, I think it really harms the people who do it because they're missing out on so much to sit in a line. But, I mean, that's their choice. But I just, for my own self, I feel like it's just not the best way to run a con and having, having run them, you know. <laughs> it can be a really bad situation for the panels they're camping out through. Yeah, If it's yeah. people who want to see Star Wars are completely disinterested in the smaller... Oh, God. Can, okay. And, yeah, and so, like, at San Diego, this was um, the, the, the Kevin Smith panel. Did you hear about this or no? I think I kind of did. Okay, yeah, it was poor Kevin Smith. I- oh, I did. Oh, <laughs> so no. they did the big, big, this is in Hall H, okay, and they did the big old Star Wars panel, and then at the end, they're like, everyone who's at this panel gets a, a ticket to go see, what is it, the Star Wars Symphony or whatever. It but was it's, a free concert. It was a free like concert. A of, concert. Yeah, with like real, you know, like a big with symphony. With, with the Star Wars stuff going on, and, and but it was somewhere else. 
So the entirety of Hall H minus like 25 people got up. And Hall H is like, what, 6,000 or something? Five, six. It's a huge capacity. It's, it is the Dungeon of Despair. I finally went there for the first time this year. And I was, I was happy to be there for the Joss Whedon panel and the Deadpool stuff and the 20th Century Fox. It was really awesome. But I could not have lasted longer than two panels in a row because it was just like... Sitting on those chairs in that dim little, like, dim room, huge cavernous, like, cement floor, it, it, it reeked of despair. But, um, <laughs> and people who'd been sitting there for five days. So, but, but yeah, so, th- so they all got up and they went to the concert. Yay! Awesome! And then Kevin Smith came in and, like, everyone had left all <laughs> I mean, there were other people who came in who were, like, legit waiting for Kevin Smith. That was not but, but, like, if you were really going to Kevin Smith, then, you know, I mean, let's say that you went to Star Wars and you wanted to see Kevin Smith, too, but then you got this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go to a Star Wars concert. Well, I'd probably go to the Star Wars concert no matter if I was wanting to see Kevin Smith, too, because it's like, ooh, this might never happen again, or I was just, I lucked out and got a free thing. People will go to the free thing. So, (laughs) poor Kevin Smith. He did still have an audience, but yeah, I don't know. Weird things happen when... Well, I I was... And this is just to bounce off to San Diego for a second. I was, you know, leaving a dinner at midnight on one of the... Like, the Friday night or Saturday night of the con. I think it was Friday night. And I'm walking out with this guy who was at the dinner with me, and I see this line of people along the water, um, like, sitting out on the, you know, the balustrade or whatever it is. And I'm like, what are all those people waiting for? Now, bear in mind, I've been to San Diego several times. It's not like I'm a newbie. And I'm like, what are all those people waiting for? And he's like, oh, they're waiting for Hall H. And I'm like, at this time of night, are they doing something? He's like, no, 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 for tomorrow. And I mean, like, I'd seen the sleeping bag people, but this was the complete other side of the convention center. And I was just like, that... Who? Why? I don't... It doesn't... It blows my mind. <laughs> a dragon fawn, this cannot happen. Yeah, no. Good, the people will fuck off to a bar, okay? They don't... They, they're like... They, they love they love the stuff. They want to see the stuff, but they don't want to see it more than they want to go hang out at the bar with their friends, because that is part of the culture of Dragon Con, and it's well, awesome. And they just... They've taken it out of your hands by saying, we're not going to let you line up until an hour before. Yeah. You know, it's, it's more... We're, we'll clear the room. It's more fair. Just... Yeah. Well, and that's what, so that's what I was saying, like, blessings upon Dragon Con for running things like that, and also blessings upon Dragon Con for running their disability lines like they do, because, um, speaking as someone who has a sight difficulty and having to deal with that at conventions, Dragon Con, I have never had a problem, they have a really good system where people who have, like, disabilities and have to sit, or, you know, like, anything to do with, like, legs and sitting instead of standing or whatever, they have a, a, a space where people can sit and wait, and, you know, can it's a separate line, and they funnel them in first, and it works so smoothly, and I can't remember ever having a problem with it, and I'm, like, major props to DragonCon for that, because even though it's been pretty good at San Diego and New York, they just don't run it quite as clockwork, and um, it just, I think... I think it's just better. And I did I did one time have a, a difficulty in New York where I ended up getting seated, like, behind a pillar, even though I had the sight line badge or whatever it was. It was just really bad. But, um, yeah, so major props to Dragon Con. Woo! And I think that's, I think, I think I'm about, about good on Dragon Con. <laughs> We've only been talking for about two hours, so. We're about done on that. No, but, I mean, I think staying all the way through Monday to Tuesday morning, you see the circus pack up. 
yeah. and leave. And you, you've gotten your closure at that point. You have no, no mofomo at that point. <laughs> you no are, mofomo. <laughs> you are content and you're, you are confident that you are not missing out on anything at that point. Yeah. I was ready to go home. I was about to jump out of my skin to get off that train. I wanted my home and my dogs and some food. Oh, so, my God. And I, by the I way, um, yeah, for anybody who's listening to this podcast and hears squeaking in the background, um, we mini squish will take a bow. I, I came home and my first thought was, is my hamster still alive? And happily, my hamster, a little squish, is still alive. And that is her running on the wheel in the squeaky background. So... <laughs> Oh, I always have fear, just because, you know, you leave them by themselves for a while, and you're like, lots of food, lots of water, but what if something crazy happens, and, I don't know, a meteor falls on the house. So, <coughs> anyway, do we want to wrap this party up? Thanks for listening, everyone, to our way longer than we meant it to be Dragon Con podcast. <laughs> Much as we need to end the uh, episode, as, as all good things end, like the convention, uh, this has been... Episode 78, I think? Yep. Episode 78 of Made a Fail. And thank you and good night. You've been listening to Made a Fail with Emily Witten and Cleolinda Jones. For more episodes, please visit www.madeoffail.net. And don't forget to come chat with us on Twitter at at made underscore of underscore fail Follow us on Tumblr at madeoffailproductions.tumblr.com and search for Made of Fail Podcast to find our Facebook community page and become our Facebook friend. Uh, I'm Cleolinda Jones. I'm the last blogger on LiveJournal. <laughs> I... Uh,